0: The following podcast contains spoilers. We strongly recommend you watch the episode of The Americans we're discussing before listening to the podcast. New episodes air Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on FX.
1: A need to get as close as you can to somebody, to, to have something to hold on to in this vast sea of grief that she's actually in with the information that she's just found out. You know, is this the last night she's going to have with her husband? Is this the last time she's going to be close to him?
2: Hello and welcome to Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast for Season 4 of The Americans, where today we'll be discussing Episode 7, Travel Agents. I'm June Thomas, a writer and editor at Slate, and I'm the host of this podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of the show. I've returned once again to Go-Getting go Brooklyn, where the show is made, and today our special guest is the woman who plays my favorite character on the show, Alison Wright, a.k.a. Martha Hanson-Westerfield. Hello, Alison. Hello. Thank you for joining us.
3: Also with us is Joe
2: Weisberg. Hello,
3: Jumpin' June Thomas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the creator of the show. Hello, Joe. And his co-showrunner and co-executive producer, Joel Fields. Hi, Joel.
0: Hey, hey.
2: So, as we say, we have the amazing Allison Wright, and I'm absolutely serious about Martha being my favorite character. She's this amazing mixture of vulnerability and strength and total sexiness and I just kind of wonder
1: is this a role that I'm sure I'm not the only person who's like Martha's the best do people come up to you and like women come up to me a lot to say that yes I think I think women really connect with her um and I've had People say to me that, oh, yeah, and all of my friends, all different sorts of ages, you know, they'll say really connect with her and and her struggle and and what she's going through. So I think these guys have done a great job of of writing a character that everyone's responding to.
3: Men? What about men? Seriously? Men just come
1: up and like cop a feel. They don't really (laughs) say anything. I don't know. (laughs) Most of them come up and say, you look much better in real life. That's really what most of the guys say that's that's as deep as they go
3: (laughs) oh man
2: yeah there's i mean there is something about martha's appearance because i guess i don't know what you how you introduced her in the first script or or whatever but because she's like crazy sexy and really sexually um open and and intersex sex positive but she i guess we're also supposed to think that she's a little plain or something
1: and there was there was one particular case in reality, right, Joe? About the what what did they call her? Was she the the Dowdy secretary versus mm-hmm. the um and then someone else thought that she was there's about one particular woman, and she was described as being very dowdy and plain, and a regular secretary. You're talking about and the these, historical yes, cases, yes? And then somebody else described her as being this sort of like glamorous um, <laughs> sort of spy. You don't remember what I'm talking I about? I don't know that
3: case. No, I, I mean the historical cases with the secretaries. I don't know if they were. Uh, described in any of the in any was, of the records there was that I one saw. Of them. There was one but, of yeah. them
1: that they had that thing and then and we kind of get into that yeah. when we do the have the sketch of Martha and there's yeah. these different oh, right, right. views as yeah. 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 well. Yeah. Right. Through the eyes of a yeah. man. Once a yeah. man
0: was describing yeah. yeah. yeah, the, the super glamorous of the building yeah. she's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but I'm, I'm
3: glad, so glad to hear you describe her that way, June, because in the writer's room we talk about her as sexy.
2: Uh-huh. And and it's
3: We've you know. never said sex positive, but that's what we, that's one of the things <laughs> right. we mean. Yeah. Well, one of the
0: things when you talk about sex positive is it, it strikes me that she is very in touch with her sexuality, but it's not in any sort of promiscuous way. It's in a very healthy way in that it's in the context of her marriage and her relationship, and it becomes a very open expression of intimacy.
1: Specifically with him, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and we know
2: she's... She's always enjoyed, you know, Martha and and Clark have always had a very satisfactory relationship. And when he tells her that he's a KGB agent, the first thing she wants to do, or really her response is like, she wants to have him right there. I mean, (laughs) she has one of her usual, you know, I want you inside me kind of lines that
1: she's so fond of. (laughs) Let's not repeat all the caulkers that I've said (laughs) over this season, please. But that is her response. Um, Well, you know... Is this the last time she's is this the last night she's gonna have with her husband? Yeah. Is this the last time she's gonna be close to him? Um a, a need to get as close as you can to somebody to to have something to hold on to in this vast sea of grief that she's actually in, with the information that she's just found out, you know. She's just asked him, Are you sleeping with that woman? And you know, he doesn't answer her, which so there's your answer. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't say no. So she's taking on an awful lot on board there, and she's just heard the worst information that she could have that, yes, it's the KGB. Which is the pinnacle of the worst that it could have been, <laughs> right. of everything that she could have imagined, of who he was working for or what was actually happening.
0: But not nearly the shock it would have been a year ago.
1: Right, yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. Well, that's one of the things about Martha. She always chooses more closeness and more intimacy versus running away. Yeah. And I think that's one of the interesting things about this character. And you can, you know, some people always judge it, and some people always say that's not healthy. But this one of the things that we like about this storyline is that it's not really interested in that. It's more interested in, in the heart of it and, and that there's something soulful and, and, and great about the heart that always moves towards instead of away.
0: That's so interesting you say that, Joe, because until this moment it had not occurred to me that we actually realized that. In this episode, that for a character who always embraced things, however hard they were, and never ran away, things got so bad at the end of episode six that she physically ran away. And we spend this intense 24 hours with with Martha, and for the first time, truly, she has no idea what to do with herself, and she's sort of an emotional pinball, pinging from one thing to another, until Elizabeth essentially punches her back into herself, and she's able to return to start to face things which is more who she is
1: yeah yeah she's she's done as much as she could I think that day up until that point and she's she's spent and when we see Elizabeth come and get her and uh yeah I think she was out of ideas herself at that point
3: I
0: just want to go back and correct myself and say that's what we intended all along
3: (laughs) (laughs) that line probably wouldn't work too well though Sorry, I just had to punch you back to your, into yourself. <laughs> well,
0: you know, coming from Elizabeth, I'd buy it. She'd <laughs> <laughs> just be grateful she didn't beat her bloody like Gad or. Uh, yeah. yeah. You saw what Claudia. I did to some of these yeah, other yeah, You people. saw what this I did to like, Claudia. A She's a, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. She got away pretty lucky, I guess. <laughs> Claudia really. got over it too.
2: Nothing needed resetting or anything. <laughs> but it's interesting too Lice. that you, I mean, as a character who's been there since season one, you've pretty much been. Obviously, at the FBI or with Clark. I mean, you don't really have a lot of interaction with the other characters. You've met Jennifer, as as mm-hmm. you know Elizabeth a of before, times, yeah, yeah. But you, you know, you don't get to interact with her much, and so when you see her, it must be kind of
1: disorienting or something, right? Seeing her in six, seeing her in the last episode, and realizing that she was a part of this. I think that was like sickening to Martha. Uh It made her sick to her stomach to realize the extent of this was going and if she's part of it, then that woman probably wasn't his mother and then, you know, and then further down the rabbit hole. Yeah.
2: But I think, Joe, you mentioned something about she never runs away. She did run away at the end of episode six in this amazing way. She stood up to Gabriel, uh, which, you know, revealed his current weakness, but also like she... Got away. She
1: evaded the KGB yeah. essentially yeah. and just yeah. marched right out of that house.
2: She had major spine, major backbone, really a lot of bravery. I mean, that's it's been an incredible journey for this character who was, you know, maybe if, was under sort of underappreciated at the beginning and she maybe we interpreted her as, as weaker than she was, but she's really strong by yeah. then, right? She's
1: had to yeah, she's had to be. She's had to uh Hang on somehow, however, however she can through these past three, well, f- probably four episodes. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a. I mean, it's funny we're in the fourth season now, so in a way, it's a long time ago. You have to strain to remember, but there was a meekness yeah. there yeah. that just isn't there anymore. And won't... one one
0: can't help but wonder if that curiously doesn't come out of the relationship with her husband, that somehow being with Clark has allowed her to gain an inner strength. That's become the most dangerous thing in their relationship, but also maybe the thing that saves them all in the end.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does seem to have transformed
1: her. Right? Yeah, because she's had to put up with a lot over the years with with him, and um, uh, maybe reframe how she sees things and how she wants things and what she actually has. You know, she does. She's not there all the time like she wants him to be. She hasn't got a kid like she wants. So she's had to adjust and broaden her. Her um, the way she thinks about things a lot, I think, and that has made her a stronger person, a stronger woman, for sure.
0: But it seems like the thing she knows she wants most of all is honesty, that what she wants is truth in her relationship, and at the end of this episode, Elizabeth, as Jennifer, lies to Martha. Thank God, yeah. Yeah, to get her home, but then Elizabeth tells Philip to lie, and instead he chooses to bring Martha the truth that he's not going to be able to go with her.
1: Which is really great, I think, that he tells her the truth and gives her that truth for her to carry on with, but also to support that this is not a delusional woman in, this, in a one-sided relationship, that they are in a relationship together, and he is doing things for her, too. She hasn't deluded herself. You know, they have a relationship. Tomorrow morning, early. You leave for Russia,
0: to begin a new life.
2: Russia. I know it's not easy. It's the only way.
1: And how soon before you come? I won't. I can't. Not even to
0: visit?
2: and the and the other characters i mean elizabeth and gabriel are mad at philip because of how much he's revealed to martha but it seems like that's an essential part of their relationship he couldn't he couldn't have kept the wig on any longer it had to come off at some point and yeah. no matter how mad it makes them
1: yes yeah
2: um you brought a uh what do
1: we even call that a dossier (laughs) you
2: dossier you brought your (laughs) dossier with us what what is
3: what you guys call (laughs) it we're on this side of the pond we call that a notebook
2: (laughs) (laughs) this visual aid what is this visual aid that you've brought with you
1: um this is just to help me remember what's in what episode (laughs) while we're chatting about it but no this is um just notes that i've had throughout the the show um Breaking down the scenes and and how they work and what happens and what she's thinking and feeling in each, because of course in these episodes that we're talking about now, there there is so much happening in each episode, yeah. And because we, we you know we shoot out of order, we yeah. shoot very much out of sequence. Uh, maybe even to the episodes. I'm going from one episode to another, so this right. was very important to have it be very clear as it's escalating for her emotionally right. and psychologically. Exactly where I am at at each point.
2: Amazing because. Within the space of what, 24, 48 hours, she goes from knowing yeah. some things up to she, yeah. basically. She goes
1: to work Monday, like a normal day. She, he picks her up on the way home from work Monday night, takes it to the safe house. Tells her all those terrible things. He's the KGB. <laughs> she wakes up. She runs out. She leaves. Yeah. She's around Washington on her own. And then he gets her later that day and brings her back. So it's a very short period of time right. that a lot of stuff is happening. A in.
2: lot to take on board. What do you think is going through her mind while she is wandering D.C.? Which obviously is, you know, it's her adopted city. She's lived there a while. She's been at the FBI for
1: 10 years. Like, what? I think she's, well, of course, she's putting together what he just told her last night. And the, the ramifications of what that could mean, that yes, he's KGB. So she's a traitor. She's committed yeah. treason.
3: Which she's is as bad as it
1: gets for somebody
2: yeah. who works at the FBI, right. or yeah. for anybody, maybe. She's aware
1: <laughs> of how seriously bad that is. Yeah. And probably what happens to people who do that. When they're caught, I, I think she feels a great deal of shame Um about what her coworkers at the FBI would think about her, mm-hmm. what her parents would think about what she's done, because this is the worst possible scenario that's happened. Mm-hmm. You know, um, finding out that her husband was a killer in episode 401 was pretty bad. She may have never suspected that. Everything she thought about him, I don't think she thought he was a murderer. He killed Jane and told her it was to protect her. And so really, that was her fault too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean and when we I, I can't believe you made him kill Jean.
1: Right? <laughs> I, yeah, right? It's like she gets she gets blamed for that as well. <laughs> but
2: thinking back to 401, she just seemed so stressed out there. I mean that that it was really I mean we've been poor Martha in for a while, but mm. it was really awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You felt
1: because, <laughs> it's a
0: verb now. Yeah. <laughs> because
1: absolutely. where we come in at, four, at 401 is just a few days after where we left her when he took the wig off. You yeah. know, time yeah. wise. Yeah. So she's still dealing with that and what does that mean? Yeah. And then he comes in and tells her that Oh, and I've I've killed your friend at work and it's probably your fault. <laughs> yeah. So it's poor thing, you know, this is like the worst the worst year of the worst month of her life for sure. How do you see her at the
2: end of the episode? I mean she's she's gone through a lot, but where do you feel like she ends up by the end of the episode?
1: I think talking about four or seven, it's key to think about where she begins it. Because when she wakes up after that night, that he's told her that he was KGB, and he said he hasn't denied that he's sleeping with uh, Jennifer, who's not his sister. <laughs> I think she wakes up changed that that very next morning. I think that's when she wakes up changed, and and then the panic—you know, her gun is gone, he's gone. What the hell's happened? And she jets out of the house. Um, so I think she's thinking. I think she has like a billion thoughts and fears in her head, and what should she do, and what shouldn't she do, and. You know, Jennifer's told her that the FBI is coming for her; that they know who she is, and I think she believes that. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer said that Clark's life is going to be over; he's going to be arrested, and I think she believes that too, out of fear. And that's she doesn't want that. That's something she absolutely doesn't want to betray him. Even though their relationship can't be ever again what it was before, she still wants it to be something. Um, so I think she's having all of these thoughts and. It, at the same time, when you're in such a, when you're in a, a fearful state like that, you're sort of paralyzed as well, to a certain extent, in uh, being able to make a decision or what, what should you do. So she's running around Washington. Now what, you know, she got out, but now what does she do? Right. You know, when she was running out of that safe house, I don't think she had a clue where she was going. She just needed to get out. Now, when she's on the bridge, do you think that she would have thrown herself over? Um, there was a couple of different things in the scripts. As There was one that I've read first. I think the edit, how you'd written it, you had her thinking about it, and then you cut away from it. And then in a later version, you had her thinking about it, and she walked away. So we knew that she was okay. So that changed there, of mm. whether she would or not. Mm-mm. But there's definitely a possibility if she calls her parents right before that happens, to say what? To say, help me? Or to say goodbye. Right. Or, you know, I think it's an interesting piece of storytelling to have us be able to believe that, yes, you might.
0: Well, it's an interesting thing about process and how it impacts an actor. We put in that walkaway. So we'd have the option in the editing process. And those of you who saw the episode before you are listening to the podcast, which I would think would be the order to do it and know how it (laughs) shook out. But we wanted to have those options Mm -hmm. as we put it together because we of course know she didn't jump. Right,
2: right. And that phone call to her parents, I mean, it is this kind of coded goodbye, mm-hmm. but she also has the presence of mind to realize that, well, the FBI are probably listening. Shows that she really, you know, Clark wasn't crazy. She did have, he finds someone
1: who had the potential to be a really good agent. She's, she's picked up on a few things for sure, definitely, bless her, yeah. yeah. <laughs> picked up on, her. <laughs> on a few things, like a basic get off the telephone. But she, you know, she didn't, she didn't achieve it. She was on there too long. Stan, well, they caught the call, right? Because she was on there too long. But... But she tried, bless her, yeah. Yeah, she had to say goodbye. Come on. Her dad
2: was having a nap when... when
1: right, and her. she's like, no, 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 don't wake him, almost because dad is too much. You know, she's right. closest, closest to her dad and maybe talking to him would just be too much to take her over the edge. Yeah, but it didn't. But mom didn't listen and she went and got <laughs> dad. This <laughs> <laughs> is the era of the... Uh, ah. carrying the phone around.
2: Um... No, let's talk about Martha's gun. She's got it. She loses it. She's She takes it out. He takes it back. What are you guys doing with this gun?
3: We've been sort of, you know, trying to mess with the with Chekhov's rule and, and see if it actually applies to television, <laughs> which we're undecided we're on.
1: We're waiting to hear from the Chekhov estate, right? <laughs> yes, exactly.
3: <laughs> Tune in for future episodes.
2: I've lost track of it by now. I guess it's in Phillips.
3: That, that's person. what we're hoping. Chekhov said it. I think he said in
0: the... If you see a gun in the first act, it will either go off or be unloaded by your husband. By <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: your bigamist husband. I think that's technically the translation.
3: And forgotten, by the end of the series, I think. Okay. Exactly.
2: Um,
0: the last shot of the series is just going to be some random person using that gun.
2: <laughs> so this episode, is wondering about Washington, D.C. Not Brooklyn. <laughs> um. Elizabeth, is Jennifer, is out chasing her. Stan and Aderholt are out chasing her in our nation's capital. Did you go to D.C.?
0: Well, we actually had a unit that shot in D.C. Uh, over the course of the past couple seasons, but not this season, and brought us back a bunch of stock footage and a bunch of footage we call plates. And the plates can be digitally laid against footage we shoot to make it look like our actors are there. And uh,
3: but did we do that in any of those scenes?
0: Well, <laughs> we actually may have in the phone booth scene with Elizabeth in this very episode. Yes, there will be a plate there. Whether or not it winds up having been a plate that we shoot or not is still up for grabs because right. we are doing this podcast before we've finished locking the episode. Mm. But, uh, but there will be some of that there. There's also a plate used
3: in, a, in uh, episode five with the hotel. We're also putting some stock shots in between scenes where you sort of have this aerial view of the Mm -hmm. city. But in true American's fashion, instead of taking our opportunity to show anything anyone would actually recognize as D.C., we just have these (laughs) nondescript shots that could be any city at all. Because somehow, honestly, we're just tired of the shots that have, like, the Washington Monument. So we just have, like, some buildings and some trees.
0: Very, very frustrating to our editorial department. They show us reams of stock footage of D.C. And finally, we see something that looks... V- vaguely generic and say, that's perfect,
2: that's
3: perfect. Do yes, you know what right. it could be? It could be Brooklyn.
2: <laughs> <laughs> For example, So you feel like you've been cheated out of a lot of trips down to Washington, D.C.?
1: Oh, right, yeah. This was kind of fun, though, this, because we shot this at, up at Croton. Croton. At the reservoir, that's where ah. we shot the bridge stuff. I see. Which is spectacularly beautiful, but it's all going to be...
0: Also, that will be changed because there's a very distinctive dam there and we're, we will digitally remove the dam and replace it so that we just see a nice... East Coast style uh, Gorge (laughs) Although For those of you Who live Near Rock Creek Park You will know That there is not A gorge there We're sorry Please do not tweet
2: Um, Toward the end Of this episode Elizabeth asked Philip If he would leave With Martha If he were an incumbent If if they didn't have The kids um, And I suppose If he didn't have To keep on spying But And And it surprised, and he says, "No, no, of course not." But it still surprised me that he would even ask her that. I, it's it indicated that she has a level of insecurity that I just never imagine Elizabeth having any insecurity.
3: You know, Elizabeth is um, of all the of all the characters on the show who hide their feelings and what's really going on inside, which is probably most of them except Martha. Uh, she's the most hidden. Mm-hmm. So that was a chance for something to come out that you hadn't seen before, which is, I think, why you were surprised. Mm-hmm. And what was, I don't think it's been lurking under there the whole time by any means. Mm-hmm. I think that insecurity about Martha has grown up very recently. I think it probably took Elizabeth by surprise too. But but I think when you hear it come out in that scene, you realize how genuine it is. And you can then understand in that moment how that has grown up so recently as Philip has, has started to have to deal with the pain and panic around what's going on around Martha, that, that really, in a sense, is what's taken the germ of something inside mm-hmm. Elizabeth and allowed it to grow that intense in a very short period of time.
2: There's something about Martha, though, that seems to really get to Elizabeth. It's not just, you know, presumably Philip's been whoring around for his job for, for you know, since they came over, but there's something about Martha that really seems to disturb Elizabeth and unsettle her a lot.
3: Well, there's some great. Uh, we don't want to give any spoilers away. Only in this show would a couple dialogue lines be spoilers, <laughs> but there are a couple great dialogue lines coming up in a future episode that I think are going to get to just mm, what it is. Okay, good. Don't mm. want to give those sentences away. <laughs> there's some adjectives and adverbs. Oh my! I, I think
0: part of what's moving to me about that moment you're referring to with Elizabeth is any human being has some insecurity percolating inside. And we all cover it and defend it in different ways. And Elizabeth is a woman whose defenses are so entrenched and strong that when we finally, after four seasons, see her allowing herself to show those insecurities to her husband, it's to me, it's a very moving human thing.
2: So another character that we see really um, kind of hitting rock bottom, it seems, in this episode is Agent Gad, who realizes or is forced to realize that he made some big mistakes with Martha, that he was maybe too soft, or, or maybe that wasn't what he realized, but certainly he's realized that he's been beaten at this point, uh, that the KGB came out on top in this particular situation.
3: I mean, I think that's well said that, he, that he's lost the battle. And for a guy in that job where the whole job is essentially about winning a fight, to realize you've lost is, is devastating. It's really that you spent your career on something and the other guy beat you. And it's not through, uh, I, I think he feels like it's his fault as people do in that situation, but it's not his fault. Somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose, and he lost. But it's, it's just a terrible feeling. I think you, in a way, see him taking it with grace. But, you know, he spent 20 years in a job and, and the another team wins. It's, yeah. just, it's just crushing.
0: You know, Richard is such a gifted actor and I I think sometimes about viewers of a certain age who think of him as John Boy Walton. Me. And (laughs) uh, viewers of a certain geographic location, New York, who think of him as a theater actor and see him a lot on stage. For us, what he's done with this character for this show in the last four seasons, and particularly in this one, it's so rich, and it's a challenging, challenging thing to come in and be the boss in the FBI. Uh, but I think even of that singular moment where he, hands Mar- uh, where he hands Martha's marriage certificate to Stan Beeman, and he talks about how they married his secretary and what that means and what he missed, and his performance is just so nuanced and human and real. Our editor said he found it almost melodic. It's just something great about it. We,
2: we also this month... Uh, we also this episode saw someone whose life is sadder than even Martha at her saddest. Or Gad at his low point. Joan. That life, man. She's so alone. She's so isolated. She's sitting there by the phone.
0: She doesn't know how good she has it. As long as Leric isn't walking in and putting a bullet in her head, true. she's <laughs> in fine shape as you far know, as we're concerned. If
3: this show took place during the era of the internet... She'd be great. She just surfed the internet all yeah, day. She's having me at home. She's yeah. watching
0: TV. She's doing jazzercise from time to time. Know, she there was has only a like, take-in budget. Like she gets to make five I think she's just bored. I think she's got a very good gig comparatively.
1: Well, wow, well, wow, well, Joan. We've got no sympathy for Joan here. <laughs> 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 she's got it fine.
2: Alison, will you come back next week and
1: talk about what
2: happens to Martha then?
1: I think I will have to.
2: That's it for this week. Thanks again to Joel Fields, Joe Weisberg and the wonderful Alison Wright for joining us to talk about episode 407, Travel Agents. Come back next week to hear us talk about episode 408, The Magic of David Copperfield 5, The Statue of Liberty Disappears. Oh, yeah. When Alison will return to talk about Martha and we'll also chat with the director of that episode one, Matthew Reese. Are you familiar oh, with that guy? Is that... Thanks again for listening. I'm June Thomas. Our producer is Henry Malofsky. This show is part of the Panoply Network.